crying, you're so scared and all alone. Hangman is coming down from the gallows and I don't have very Episode 25 of the UK Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. You join us always by me, Simon Stanley, and my two usual co-hosts, Dave Hart and Gavin Marshall. How are you doing, guys? Good, man. Yeah, How are you? Good. Very good. Uh, sadly, no Rich again today for anyone who's missing him. Uh, he's off kicking ass somewhere. Um, we'll have him back whenever he can. But uh, Yeah, he said he may, be, he may be able to come back next week, uh, but definitely be back the Combine week. Awesome, awesome. It's week hard as well. I mean, he's a busy guy, and we're doing a lot of, like, tape you know, studying tape at the minute as well, so you don't you don't want to put too much pressure on him to uh, spend time on that. But you know, he's welcome whenever he's got the time. Um, I'm still waiting for for his, for his uh, Valentine's Day update. I went, <laughs> I went to ask him when he was on the show, but I didn't get to ask him unfortunately. I know, but uh, yeah. it's been too long. I'm sure he's sort of settled down now. <laughs> well, you never know. Rich is a busy guy. Well, you join us for our quarter. What did you call it before we started the podcast? Quarter centennial podcast. Yeah, quarter century. Yeah, um, so 25 episodes in the bag after this one. Um, we haven't got taken off the air yet, so that's a good start. Yeah, um, not that we're on the air technically, but I, I never thought we'd make it <laughs> to a second podcast, so I'm quite pleased, really. Yeah. Uh, in this episode, we're going to kind of break down the news as usual and then jump into some uh, wide receiver, uh, the top wide receivers in the class, sort of top uh, eight to ten wide receivers, depending on the list that each of us has, similar to the tight end breakdown that we did last week, sort of dip our toes in, get to know the names and who the guys are. Um, but before we do that... Um, so, so some news and bits and pieces, guys. Um, Gav, let me um, guess. <laughs> well, no, right. So there's a few things. La- firstly, last week, Gav, Gav got upset with me about Antonio Brown. So I'm not going to mention Antonio Brown this week. There's going to be no talk about him accidentally hitting himself on the head with some dumbbells. <laughs> like, <laughs> we don't that was get a into great it. video, though, wasn't it? it? Was a great video. <laughs> Gav has banned AB from the podcast, Dave, so we can't talk about <laughs> it. Um, but what I did want to mention was, Gav, after you kind of berated me last week for not having unconfirmed wide receiver coach news in the news, uh, that then gets flipped on its head, right? Yep, that made me look like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> That's all, Yeah, that was the first thing I had written down. So uh, Ike Hilliard joins uh, the Steelers as a wide receiver coach, not... Um, um, who was it? Brandon McManus? Uh, Brian McClendon. Brian McClendon. Who's Brandon McManus? Is that, is that someone else? <laughs> Right, it's uh, a like Formula that. 1 rated driver isn't that, that's his brother um, yeah so we got um, Ike Hilliard not a guy I knew a lot about but um, I kind of took down uh, a few notes and come over from, from the Redskins effectively right um, yeah joins the Steelers after serving as the receivers coach for Washington Redskins for the past 6 years since 2014 um, obviously what immediately jumped out to us all and I think we had a bit of a discussion about this on the Facebook group Dave was um, as soon as you see the, the word uh, Washington you kind of think oh god um, what, do you know what? I actually typed a massive reply and then deleted it. <laughs> well, why, why bother? Because these guys aren't going to be convinced. I'll just save it to the podcast where, I get, where no one's going to like type anything back at me. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. now then, Cal. Well, I just think, you know, I think that the, the time when he's been there, and even before, actually, but the time he's been, he was wide receivers coach at the Redskins, they had some decent wide receiver play. Well, I don't think yeah. you criticise that, that position. I mean, I think... Santana Moss, that was his last season. He was always good. And then Pierre Garçon, D-Jax, 
You've had some good, and you know, I mean, I don't know how much he plays into Chris Thompson as a receiving back, but he he's been good, productive. So I, I don't think it's a warning sign at all. I think it's a good thing. No, I mean, he's, he's coached some top guys, hasn't he, along the way? So yeah, you can't complain about production or or talent. So yeah, I see where you're coming from. It's very easy for these guys that the fans don't know the names of to kind of just jump on. You know, he's coming from the Redskins, so he must be trash, right? That, that's not the case at all. I well, mean, he was what, a player. I mean, yeah. he was a long-serving player. I mean, he didn't never lived up to his draft stock, but he had a successful career as a player and has moved into coaching. I mean, you think, you know, he, he knows how wide receiver rooms should work and yeah, it's another young yeah. coach in the building. I'm, I'm down with it. And look at yeah. look at Scary Terry's development last year. He was at, what, second second or third round pick, right? He, he was he was lower down. Um, Terry McLaurin had a great season last year, so we can get any development like we've got there for any guy we draft this year or some of the young guys we've got in the building. That That's great by me. Um. I'm not one to kind of just read uh, press releases, but I-, I will read just a little bit that was on the press release that the Steelers released about him, just so people know. So, throughout his time with the Redskins, um, the receiving corps had strong numbers, including helping quarterback Kirk Cousins to become the first player in team history to, th- to throw for 4,000 yards in consecutive years. In 2016, Got him paid, right? Well, exactly, right. right. Got- yeah. In 2016, Redskins receivers Pierre Garçon and Deshaun Jackson both had a thousand yard seasons for the first the first time the team had multiple thousand yard receivers since 1999. Uh, he's also been a receivers coach for the Bills, the Redskins previously on a previous stint, as well as the Dolphins. So, you know, a lot of experience, like you say, Gavin. Um, not what we were expecting, kind of came out of nowhere. But um, you know, good to have another young coach in the building, like you say. Yeah, I wonder if um, McClendon just didn't want to take the job for whatever reason. They, the Steelers wanted him. Just couldn't, or maybe they just couldn't iron out terms. Who knows? But yeah, um, yeah it's, it's a shame. But it's you know, hey, this guy's coming now. Let's get behind this guy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, cool. Not much more to say on that, really. But uh, it's, it's worth knowing. And um, like I say, I think it's probably good to get in. Uh, obviously, we had a difficult situation last year. Obviously, with with the uh, the sad passing of our own receiver coach, and it, and it obviously affected um, some of the guys in the locker room, right? And uh, I think it'd be good to get a fresh face in there, and we've got a lot of young guys in that receiving core, so um, hopefully yeah. that that enables some development there. Um, in terms of some other bits of news, there's one big one, but we'll save it for last. So let's talk a little bit about the the new CBA agreement with the playoffs. Have you, have you seen this this week? Yeah, I mean, it's the, the kind of initial reaction from everybody is don't change it, right? Because it's such a good format. Yeah, but then. When when you think about it and think you know there's going to be three wild card games on Saturday, three wild card games on Sunday, and then when you look at the stats of the team in out of all 32 teams that would have had more playoff appearances than any other is the Steelers, <laughs> then you think maybe I can make maybe I can come round to this. See, I, I got to be honest, I'm on the side of the majority here. The, the, I, I don't think this is a good idea. I think this is a pretty fundamentally flawed idea. We've been having a chat uh, on on Twitter with, with a few people who kind of defended it a little bit, but. I gotta admit, I think this is a really, really poor idea. The last thing we need is some of these really uncompetitive teams. I mean, I mean, the sixth seed is normally complete trash. Take away the Titans this year, which was a bit of an outlier. When was the last time you really remember having a good sixth seed? You know, yeah, it feels true. to me like it's just trying to get more football on TV, more yeah. airtime, more cynical. room for adverts. It's just a business move. It's, it's not. A, it's cynical, not a move yeah. to make the game better. Yeah. Oh, it's totally about money. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm really not a big fan of it. Even though the Steelers would have benefited, like you say. Yeah, and you know, you see the thing that out of all of the American sports, the, the NFL has the most teams and the smallest playoff bracket. Hmm. So I don't know, I don't know. I, more football is is do you always want more football or not? I mean, I, I'm not I'm not necessarily. I think yeah. maybe a 17 week schedule is a good idea, but not a 17 week uh, you know games 
sort of schedule, as it were. So I don't want it, I don't want the Steelers to be playing an extra game. But if there's two buys, oh you know, yes, yeah, absolutely. Eighteen week maybe if that's what I mean. So I still play sixteen week, but have two got two buys. I can get down with that. The season's a bit longer. There's more football to watch, but there's not an, an extra game. The, the the home and away splits aren't imbalanced. Yeah, I don't problem with that at all. I, I just think this is cynical. I just think, you know, like like Dave says, it's completely, it's a money move, which, you know, NFL's a business. It's, it's, it's the business, right? <laughs> That's all they care about. But um, I, just, I just don't see what the benefit is to the football inside of it, to the players, to to anyone really, outside of sort of lining owners' pockets on this one. It, super cynical, don't like it, don't think we're going to get better football out of it, think we're going to get worse games. The other thing as well is, the team that finishes in the second seed, I presume, now isn't going to get a bye, right? Yeah. Which just pushes the advantage further onto that team that gets the first seed, which you might argue is is a positive thing, but I think that just takes a little bit more competitiveness away from the um, the playoffs, and also it devalues the regular season, in my opinion. I well, think. that's the other thing, is it? Yeah. yeah. Does it does it does it make teams just stop? Is is it going to make fantasy football even harder? So you know, you got two games where clubs aren't playing their first team or whatever because they're yeah. definitely guaranteed. One of the wildcard spots. So yeah, that's a, that's an issue. Yeah. So anyway, it's up to you to decide. But um, I'm personally not a big fan of it. Um, but but it looks pretty certain this is going to be a thing, right? From from the reports that I'm reading. Yeah. It sounds like I, it. I, I feel the same as you. Really, I just took the other side just to kind of create a bit of a discussion. But yeah, I, I don't really like it. Yeah. No. Classic devil's advocate, guy. Yeah. Well, if you want to be the devil's advocate, this is the place to do it because uh, <laughs> after we spoke about it briefly last week, and I feel like Gav was getting annoyed at me about this as well. Um, the Mason Rudolph uh, Miles Garrett saga continues. <laughs> <laughs> and Gav, I, listen, I would not have mentioned this had this not blown up this week, but I feel like we have to kind of touch on this, right? After what Miles yeah, Garrett I said. Yeah, I've got to talk about it, but I'm still going to be a humbug about it. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Miles Garrett goes on ESPN, basically doubles down on his accusations that Mason Rudolph used a racial slur in, in the little kerfuffle that they had. Uh, I bet not many people on ESPN called it kerfuffle, right? Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, listen, we don't know any more than we knew last week, right? We don't know whether Mason Rudolph said this. We don't know what's going on in that huddle. All we know is there's no proof. The NFL records everything everyone says on the pitch, right? Everyone's mic'd up. So surprises me that there's no evidence of this. But any number of things could have happened. But for me, I really don't know what to think because... Why? Why deny it? If it, well, I know why you would deny it, but he, he seems to be fervently, fervently denying it, right? And it, and it, so it kind of makes you want to believe him. But then, if you're Miles Garrett, why even bring this upon yourself if it didn't happen? That someone is making no sense here, unless there's been a misunderstanding, right? Yeah. I mean, go on, Dave. You go. I've I've got I've I've got no real sort of take on it. It's just <laughs> it, it's just sort of it, it's gone beyond being a news story now. It's just one guy going, "Yes, you did." The other one going, "No, I didn't." It's just it just seems now like a schoolyard argument, and I'm bored of it. But Mike, but Mike Tomlin comes out right, and he never does that, and, and sort of fully throws his weight behind Mason, which is, you know, he, yeah, he knows it gives a lot of credence to what to what Mason's saying, and as through those black and gold tinted glasses, you believe him. Hmm. But it's at the point now where it's it's he said he said she said, and it's yeah, I, I'm just beyond caring about it now. It's just sort of. I want, I want it gone now. I've, I've become miserable a little bit on it. Yeah, it seems to have you know whipped up the the Cleveland fans into a bit of a frenzy. I think it's certainly going to cause this rivalry to have a little bit more, um, a bit of that sort of Bengals feel to it now as we go forward into the next couple of seasons. Only obviously the Browns, you know, still suck. Um, 
Did you see what happened to their their left? Was it left or right tackle? Oh, oh, yeah, picked up on the border, right, with 152 pounds of weed. Seventy kilos. Seventy kilos. <laughs> Seventy kilos. I mean, that's almost like a person body weight in weed. And they had a canning machine. I love that. So they're they're stuffing weed into you know cans and oh, seven it up. I, yeah. I never get Robinson's what these players blend. are doing, right? You're, you're a left tackle or whatever. And you're Greg Robinson, right? Number two overall pick. Yeah. He's a rich guy. Like, what's he doing? <laughs> I, I don't know. know. Maybe he's like he's got some serious outgoings and he needs to keep his off-season like, checks coming in. This is like the Aaron Hernandez thing, right? I mean, these multi-millionaires just going out doing like crazy shit. You know, is it just for the thrills? Is it... I feel sorry for the Uber driver in the story. Do you hear about oh, him? He's, he's a guy that drove a... So they rented a car and they got an Uber driver who didn't he didn't know and he didn't know what was in the car, apparently, to drive the car. Oh. And, then, and then apparently Robinson offered him a wadge of cash to, to put his hands up and say it was all his. So, wow. But they're, they're looking like a, a you know, 20-year jail term, him and the other ex-player. Yeah. I, I bet it'll come I mean, down lighter than that. You remember the, uh, the, the insider trading? Who was that? There was Kendricks. The, Ken, yeah, there, there was talk that was going to be like a twelve-year sentence, and it ended up being like a sus- suspended. Uh, that's, that's that's a bit more white-collar crime. Well, than <laughs> him. He's hauling a, hauling a bootload of gear across the across the border is yeah, quite serious. Was, if it was heroin, I'd be a bit more inclined to agree. <laughs> I don't know. Um, well, listen. I mean, there's a difference. I mean, without going into like the weed podcast, but there's a difference <laughs> between you know picking up like a little bag of weed to smoke to get over your injuries to you know. Buying a truckload to supply to a whole team probably and make a make a fortune. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, well, anyway, this anyway, is what happens from the. Uh, you, you reminded me of that because I was thinking, hey, you know, how more Brownsian can you get? Yeah, you know, just as... yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, I was so... just I was just saying, Tomlin. Going back to the the Garrett thing for the last word, I, Tomlin brings a lot of credence to what he said because you know he knows who he is. He's one of the only sort of you know prominent sort of black head coaches in the league right and by coming out and, and making the statement on the side of mason rudolph who became a bit of like a i don't, don't know the word but a bit, a bit of a hate a lot of people circled around hating mason rudolph not just for his play but um a little bit because of this incident as well you, you know you remember before this even happened there was kind of a lot of talk about him maybe being a bit of a kind of a maga supporter and, and this like, which again in and of itself is, is not something you can really criticize a guy for right but um you know there, there was a little bit of that circling around him right and then this just kind of added fuel to that fire so yeah but we you know we're thousands of miles away how do we know we never met the guy all we've seen is his kind of up and down play and 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 you hear the reports on on garrett's character being a sort of very quiet sensitive yeah, kind of dude it's just yeah a strange so stories the two people you would not have expected to happen with and and where does it go from here you know i mean mason just talked that his agent might want to sue him for defamation at this point which you know if he didn't say it it's fair enough but i just don't know how you're ever going to prove anything so uh, well, they, they must have the, the, they've got professional lip readers in there and get, get, get you know, they've got most, how many cameras? There must have been so many cameras pointed at that. Yeah, that right, you know, I mean, right in the, in the middle of the action. Someone made the point that, I can't remember the name of the other, the other guy that came over and pushed Mason, if you remember, after the initial kind of um, kerfuffle. Um, as he got pushed to the ground, Mason kind of, mouth, you could you could mouth read him shouting, you know, little bitch up to the guy that pushed him. And they said, well, you know, if he was going to be making racial slurs, why would this not be the point that he says it? So... Yeah, I don't know. It's all circumstantial. We don't, we don't know, but it's just it's just something you don't need, isn't it? Circling around the team at this point in the off season. Yeah. So we'll right. we'll leave it there. We'll see if it picks up. Hopefully, it won't for Gav's sake. Um, 
Yeah. Along I like to I like to talk about things. Yeah, I like to talk about things that I can talk about, not things that I have to make shit up about. And that, <laughs> that's, that would be just total freestyle because I, 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 a I don't really care, and b I don't really know. So that's why I don't. That's why I just feel uncomfortable talking about it. If it's a racial incident, then you know that's that's serious. I don't want to get involved defending a racist. On the other hand, if he's been wrongly accused, then that's that's serious as well. And I don't wanna, I don't want to back that up. So what can I really add? No, you don't have to say anything, anything up about Antonio Brown getting hit square in the dish with the end of what, or some sort of weight equipment. <laughs> Dave is determined to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Jamming bringing it up. Just, it's just, there's no, you can't make anything up about that. He got hit square in the face with that, and that was hilarious. <laughs> I thought it was really funny. It was a good hit. <laughs> <laughs> Go find that on AB's uh, Twitter account if you've not seen it. Uh, I mean, what got me was it was during an Instagram Live, right? So, super yeah, embarrassing. Really. Oh yeah. man! <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunate. To be fair, he seems to have had like some pretty good humour about it. Um, you know, he's posted it himself, so it said it hit. Said that it hit harder than Vontis Perfect, so <laughs> you can't argue with that. Um, cool, Gav. Anything else in the news you want to mention? Uh, there was just. Did you see that? Um, uh, Artie Burns has hired a new agent. Yeah, signed with old yeah. Antonio Brown favorite Rosenhaus Sports, right? Uh, yeah, Drew Rosenhaus. So I don't know what he's trying to do, trying to get eke out the most amount of dollars possible from his terrible production. <laughs> he definitely well, so, doesn't... Someone's going to pick him up, right? Someone's yeah, going to someone take yeah, him off our hands. First rounders always get a second go around, right? Yeah. He's not yeah. going to struggle, I don't think. And just... I, think, I think he does actually deserve a second chance. Yeah, a fresh start somewhere, yeah. He needs to get off this team. Uh, he never the injuries never took to him because of his play and yeah he could do with a fresh start where there's no expectation waiting upon him but yeah I, I don't think that Artie Burns has Drew Rosenhaus's um, number I think he's been palmed off on one of the kind of underlings an assistant yeah <laughs> he's not getting the um, <laughs> he's not getting the press release written about him like Antonio Brown right yeah yeah he, he, he's got other things to do cool well that's all I've got for the news anything else or can we uh, move on to some of these draft profiles there was the, Let's the, move the, on. The, the, oh. There was the trashy take on Big Ben. It, um, it should have been coming back. But mm. that, is, that, is that even worth mentioning? Thomas, was it Thomas uh, Davis? Who was that? Yeah, it was TD, wasn't yeah. it? I think. I think it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just said that he quit on the team basically, right? Because he because yeah. he had an elbow surgery and couldn't. How, how, how does he know? Uh, <laughs> It's just it's a story that's just being made up for reaction, and it it, it wound me up a little bit at first. But I just thought just, oh, yeah, this, this guy's just making stuff up just to say something, so I, I just ignored yeah. it. It's but, classic yeah. off season. We've got nothing to talk about. Wheel in this ex player, and you know, say whatever yeah. comes to your mind. So, real trashy take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did you see? Did you watch any of um, All or Nothing? I've watched one episode so far. Um... Me too. I, what I liked about it was the the like shock jock guy. In the radio station. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I mean, know obviously, you know, he's a professional broadcaster slash journalist. You know, we're just amateur hobbyists doing this. But I just thought his takes were awful. It's like, what that guy? He's like shouting in the radio about how Zach Ertz didn't try hard enough to get yeah. the first down. Yeah. He's double covered. He's got two people hanging off him and he's like a yard short. He desperately stretches like... out. Yeah, I know. I thought the exact same thing, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so I made a commitment there and then. I'm never going to be that guy. No. I'm going to talk about what I think, not what I want. There were so many guys as well watching. On that one episode, I feel like I heard eight different radio people say, this Philadelphia Eagles team is the best roster in the league. I was like, let's calm down on the Eagles. (laughs) The Eagles were not the best roster or team in the league last year, right? 
even before the season started. So, yeah. yeah. Just, yeah. Hot takes. Anyway, a good watch anyway. I'm looking forward to watching more of that. Yeah, I am. I, I, I watched one episode, like I say, I'll probably give it a bit of time because, to be honest, I, I just felt like I still... I put the first episode on and didn't super get into it. I think it's probably because I've still kind of had my fill and I'm still doing all this draft stuff as well, you know, so I've got a lot of time sunk into the football at the minute, so maybe it's something for after the draft. And on that theme, another report saying that the Steelers are in the driving seat favourite for, for hard knocks. Oh, you see my, that today? Yeah, I hope so. Fingers crossed. I'm doing Hail Marys and Hosannas. I hope so, really maybe, because that that'll, that'll give us six weeks of podcasting uh, gold, right? <laughs> <laughs> It'll just be so good. Yeah, it will. Awesome. Right, well, let's move on to the wide receiver profiles then. So what we've done, each of us, I believe... Well, actually, <laughs> I wanted to come back at you about uh, Thaddeus Moss. Yeah, all oh, right, that is my if, fault. You did if, tell me that, yeah, okay. Yeah, if I may, because you, you kind of left it, you were so high on him. Yes. I've got to watch this guy. So do you just want to remind, have you got it to hand, what you kind of said? Oh, just well, I don't have it to hand, but obviously I, I thought that Thaddeus Moss, in fairness, he wasn't my sort of number one re- tight end or anything like that. He's still a guy I would I would prefer to get in the third round, if, you know, if possible, but I would not be surprised to see him go to, in the second. Um, but he's a guy who uh, I thought kind of would really fit the Steelers. He's got a Steelers vibe about him. He's a hard-hitting, blocking tight end. Obviously, I love the bloodlines. Um Came on late, so it's, you know it's a bit of a, a a risky pick, I suppose you'd say. But I think he fits what the Steelers do—a big body in the red zone. Um, but yeah, what what were your thoughts? Because I was interested to hear what you thought uh, after I saw yeah. him. I, I I'm not as high on him. I think he's I think he's quite limited. Now, what I do like about him, I say what I do like about him is his chip blocking. Because mm-hmm. he 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 just chips so well. So if you if you're if you want to get a tight in a tight end in like the 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 uh, Chiefs did in the Super Bowl over and over again, you just you know you keep a tight end back chip chip a rusher and then break out into the space behind where that rush has come from. And you've got an easy out, you know, quick out to the flat for two or three yards, you know, in a short third down or, you know, short, short down in situations. That's perfect. So he does that very well. He catches the ball well. Um, so in that, in that sense, he's good. And he gets sort of decent yak yardage, but it's all kind of straight ahead power with people flying off him or trying to bring him down. He doesn't kind of put a move down to get past anyone. And that kind of ties in with his separation through the rest of his route running, which he can't separate. The dude cannot separate, which when you put him up against like um, a Colby Parkinson, who, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, I really enjoyed watching. And the problem with him is he can't catch, but he can separate. <laughs> he can get wide open. Um, whereas it feels like if, if, if Moss isn't getting open at LSU, he's not getting anywhere near open in the NFL. Hmm. Um, and, I think and he's then- got a lot of room to grow though, Gav, personally. I don't know. Um, I don't think he... Obviously, like I say, I think he developed late on and I think he's got better towards the end of his career. I, mean, I don't watch college football, so I was not aware of any of this until, you know, a month ago. But um, he strikes me as a guy who's got kind of a higher ceiling than maybe, uh, you know, what we've seen so far. You think? Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, the problem with the blocking is he, he's, he's very bad. He's, he's all right when he's... he's uh, when he's not in line, like in space, he's fine. But when yeah. he's in line blocking, he just gets stood up. Yeah. And it doesn't really bring anything to the run game at all. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, maybe I'm not not seeing him the same way. But I've got to be honest, I did put up the, the bat signal up to Jason as well because obviously he's a um, big US, LSU fan. Yeah. So I asked him for his thoughts. Oh, do you want to hear those? Hang on. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, where has he got it? I should put... Uh, 
flits in and out of games as a receiver. And while he isn't the worst blocker, he's not going to help out the run game. Wouldn't expect the Steelers to think about him unless it's round three or possibly four. Still available after that, I'd take him, but really hope they've done a tight end by then and go a different position anyway. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, we'll oh, see how it goes. I think, I think a lot of this is going to depend on his showing at the Combine, and I think that will determine his stop because he's, he's a name guy, right? And I think those guys are the ones that can sometimes see the biggest sort of rise or fall uh, from something like the Combine, right? Um, think of guys like uh, the Seahawks receiver from last year, whose name I forget every time. Uh, Metcalf. Metcalf, right? He's a big name guy, um, he, and he had a great Combine, right? But, but still managed to fall. But, but I'm thinking more about these guys where, it, you know, if he has a poor combine, people are going to remember that, and that's going to stick with teams. Whereas if he has comes out and you know has a great show in the weight room and, and runs as a, th- a great three cone and shows some agility and a little bit more speed than people are anticipating, then he could rise up boards and you know end up being one of the first tight ends taken. So I think he's got a wide variation of where he goes at the minute. I think uh, the problem with it, he just has doesn't hasn't got that vertical threat, which is what yeah. the NFL wants in a tight end. Yeah, so I agree with that. It's it's tricky to project him. Rising up, I think he's you know mid mid rounds. I think yeah, three four, you know. I think I think he'd make a good you know a good number two tight end. But that's that, unfortunately that's not what the Steelers need because no. they've got a good number two in Vanette. So yeah, and then and then just uh, I watched a bit of Shane O'Grady. Yeah, because you you liked him. And, Whose tape yeah, I loved, I, by the way, but obviously yeah. the, the off the field stuff. Yeah, I he's again he's he's got a. Uh, well, he's he's got sorry he's got a good release from the line of scrimmage. He does he does run some nice routes and he's quite brave, good toughness, and uh, good blocking in space. Not so much in line, but um, yeah, the character concerns. I mean, he's not he's not coming off the board till later rounds, and if he's there, maybe the Steelers will take a flyer on him. Who knows? Yeah, bang up. So that was it. So Dave, you got anything? Did you watch any Moss? Did you watch him originally? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I was I was quite taken with him. Not probably not as much as Sai was. I think. Um, like you say, he's a, he, he looks like a, he plays like a stealer to me. He's sort of hard-hitting, bruising, bit of a nasty guy, really. Um, I can't say about his character. I don't know if he's nasty. He might, he might be really nice. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, he just he plays like that kind of guy, and that's what I like in a in a tight end. Yeah. But like you say, he, he doesn't. He lacks that speed. He lacks that sort of um, that ability in 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 sort of athleticism. Um, yeah. But you know, like you said, that's what, that's what we want. We almost want an advanced 2.0, and maybe he's not that. So I, I don't know. I think I think like you said, I think he's going to be if he's if like Jason said, if, if he's taken, he's taken as a second choice tight end. I think there's probably someone like Troutman. Well, I mean, I'm hoping for Troutman to be taken as a second round pick. Yeah, I, I think it depends, right? I think it goes one or two ways. I think either we see sort of no tight ends go and we get all the way to the Steelers pick and we have our pick of the litter, right? Or we see in the early second round a bit of a run on the guys and we are, are all of a sudden either left, you know, do we want to go receiver? Do we want to go line? Do we want to go, you know, maybe a, a, a complimentary defensive piece and wait for tight end or do we want to, you know, get the next best tight end that's on the board? So, uh, my argument is that if a couple of tight ends are gone, I could see him maybe being the guy, but but we'll see. Time will tell. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I was thinking the same. When we started watching uh, a lot of wide receiver tape this week, us, us three, right? And um, yeah. seeing some of these guys made me think, well, hang on a minute. Maybe if one of these, <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. if one of these like number number seven or eight on my list here is, is still there on round two, maybe you, you do pull the trigger. I've got a couple of names on my list here. 
that would be ideal, fit exactly what the Steelers need. And you could come back in a later round, maybe round four, and get one of these kind of Mitchell Wilcox, Colby Parkinson types, maybe, if they're still there, or a, even a Pinkney. I mean, there's no one's mocking Pinkney in the first two rounds. So, you know, maybe you could come back in round three and get him. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, that's a nice transition onto the receivers, Gav. I think what you say is absolutely right as we start to talk about the receiver class in general a little bit. I think watching these guys, it started... And I think we might start to see this in every position we do, right? Because that's the the kind of trouble you fall into in the draft. And obviously, this is the first year we've really sat down and all tried to have a discussion and, and really... I mean, I think me and you at least Gav tend to kind of try and watch guys before the draft anyway we have done for, for some years but we've never done it like this right we've never sort of you know taken sort of these level of notes and, and gone through it with each other and whatnot is that fair to say yeah I'm definitely developing new habits yeah, in tech yeah. watching rather than sort so, of picking and choosing bits and pieces and stuff this is yeah proper trying to trying to have a proper my own opinion rather than maybe exactly. yeah. copying other people's or just parroting stuff like you know everyone's prone to do because it's easy yeah, but, um, and obviously you've got to some extent that that's what this is going to be to to begin with because obviously we're looking at the guys that you know the, the first draft scouts, if you will, have kind of thrust into relevance, right? So yeah, they've ranked them. Yeah, so so I'll tell you what's quite encouraging is that I, what I've started to do is watch the tape to see what what's there, see what I think, then then maybe. I watched maybe two or three cut-up games. Then, yeah. then watch a watch one of those. I've been found this guy called Sick Edits. You come across him? I have. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. What? What? That guy is putting out some good content. So maybe I'll watch like a Sick Edit, right? And that is quite <laughs> interesting because you've got you've got your opinion formed of like two or three games, and then if you see things on the Sick Edits, which is obviously their highlight reel, yeah, which you see it, it, it's doing exactly the same things they're doing in what you've seen in the games or they're doing something different. So it can kind of show you, this is, you know, this is what the guy does well. Maybe you've not seen it all or, or it confirmed it like with, um, uh, Moss. I think I watched some highlights of him and, and all of his highlights were that chip block run outside. I was like, right. Okay. I nailed that. Cause that's, that's, that's all he does on when, on the games I've watched. That's all he's done in the highlights. So obviously he doesn't do much else. Um, apart from roll around on the floor when he's blocking, but anyway, never mind that. Um, <laughs> But what, uh, so, what, what I was what I was what I was getting to though is that um, I suppose the fear now is when we start doing this is that every position we we sort of see, you know, the first five guys and, and start to think, oh wow, well you know, all of a sudden I could see us taking a you know a, a safety in the second round because we love this guy, you know what I mean? So I, I, that, I did get a little bit of that feeling watching some of these receivers. It struck me, you know, how many sort of super twitchy and athletic and fast guys there are in this draft. Um, in the in the first two or three rounds, that struck me a lot. Um, but then also as you get into sort of some of the deeper rounds, some of the potentially more polished kind of route runner kind of guys and and seniors that that we saw at the Senior Bowl. Um, so yeah, there's a lot to dive into. Um, I don't know how you kind of want to do this, Gav. Is there any other thoughts in general on the class you want to jump into before we start talking about the top couple of guys? I just want to say, looking back, obviously uh, Devontae Smith went, uh, didn't declare for the draft. Went back to school. Probably wisely because he's going to earn more money that way because this is such a, a deep class. But I think we're going to look back and think, what an amazing wide receiver core Alabama had. Yeah, Three right. guys. Yeah. I mean, I can't think of. I mean, just as prospects. But can you think of any you know trio of wide receivers for a team? This anything like that ever, even in the NFL. I mean, you had plenty of dynamic duos, but these these three. You watch the tape; it's incredible. Yeah, crazy talent on that that Alabama team, though, right? I mean, and obviously the guy throwing them the ball's not bad either. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. 
Okay, well, we'll, def- we'll start. We'll start at the top then. I, I put out a tweet earlier, um, kind of asking people their thoughts on uh, who their top tight and uh, sorry, the top wide receiver in this class is. And basically, I just listed because it seems like there's a bit of a separation uh, amongst um, the top two guys, right? C.D. Lamb and Jerry Judy, uh, and then kind of everyone else. Um, does does anyone? Does any of the three of us have anyone but one of those two as the number one receiver? First of all, no, no. Okay, cool. Well, in that case, um, well, I'll let one of you two start. Gab, do you want to jump in? Who, who's your first receiver that you've got, Brendan? I, I don't think I can split them. Oh, okay. I like them. I like them both so much, and they're both complete, right? I mean, I'd say Judy is is. I mean, to to compare them, this is the things that I can spot that one does better than the other, and they're like two sort of weird kind of superhero powers that each of them has. So Jerry Judy, when he makes his cuts and breaks, he looks like his skeleton's going one way and his body's going to go the other. It's so violent, the breaks yeah. he makes. Um, so that, that affects him in his separation before and after the catch, where that, that's like his superpower. Like, it, it's yeah. just amazing. I mean, they're both completely complete, run all the route tree, great hands, make acro catches, and uh, completely can separate and are always open on every play, it seems, and are fast. So I don't know what else you want. And have got a good size and can score touchdowns and have got amazing catch radius. I mean, it's just unbelievable. But then C.D. Lamb's sort of superpower is it looks like after when he's got the ball and people try and attack, uh, uh, tackle him or grab him, it's sort of like he, he can turn his body into a hologram for a split second and they just go, <laughs> he, they, he goes through him. I don't know how he does that. There's, there's, some, there's some clips where three or four guys trying to grab him and he just, it looks like he's invisible, just like a ghost running through him. So he just—I don't, I don't know. It depends what you want. I mean, the comp for him I've seen is DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, yes, that's yeah. a good cop, a good comp. Sorry, but um, yeah, I don't know. What else, I mean, what else can you say about the guy? Jerry Judy's more of a samba style kind of. If he was a footballer who played for the Brazil, right? I mean, yes, yeah. I, I don't know. It depends what you want. Both the only thing be... I can add to CD Lamb is like I don't know if you guys have played much cricket, but you see guys who have learned to catch, and there's guys that just know how to catch. C.D. Lamb is just a complete natural catcher of the ball. He, he, he could probably not look and catch it. It's something he can close his eyes and do it, it feels like. It just seems to fall in his hands and there's no... It doesn't wiggle. There's no... It doesn't, you know, never juggles it. It's just a complete solid catch straight away every time. And I don't know, maybe he's had a few that I've missed on tape. But it just feels to me like he's just a completely natural catcher of the ball. And that's what edges it for me over Judy. But... Like I said, they're both entirely different animals. You know, he's dude just he's a ankle breaker, isn't he? He just he's got like a stop start of like a Lev Bell sort of thing almost. Yeah, it's it's crazy to see. It's 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 a bit scary really at times. Do, do but no, I, I struggle to separate the two. Like I said, do you have a preference, Dave, or are you are you the same as Gav? Um, like I said, I'd take Lamb above Judy just because of the natural sort of ability to catch the ball, but. Yeah, it's hard to separate the two. They're both on the same level to me. Yeah, I, I think I agree. I, I What I kind of wrote down was that uh, it strikes me that, that Judy maybe has the potential to go above and beyond anyone else in this class, potentially the highest ceiling. I think his, his natural traits and, and abilities and, and, and just... just his, I mean, he's, he's got next-level speed, right? But but at the same time, like you say, Gabby, he's so smooth with his hips and his brakes, and he's going to gain such separation even in the NFL doing that. It, he could be obscene, but but the reason that I, w- I think I would I would probably take Lamb, you know, if if the Steelers had you know desperately needed a receiver and were, were a top ten pick, 
and had the pick of both of them. I, I just have less negative things to say. And not that there's really much negative to say about either of these guys, but I suppose I should say I have less potential concerns. Um, th- there's almost nothing that I have uh, on C.D. Lamb that I was particularly concerned about. I think this guy is just... the. Di- I think someone wrote this. He's got the DNA to be an alpha wide receiver in the NFL, and I think... That's it. I think he was born to play the position. I think he was born to be a top-level receiver, and I'd be surprised if he's anything else. Um, Judy, I think, um, has all the athletic traits that you want, but I do think that there's just that potential maybe that he's a, a little bit less built, I think, than C.D. Lamb. A little bit, a little bit. Again, it's not a huge issue. You see wide receivers succeed all the time like this, but I think he's got a little bit more potential to um, not make it in the NFL if you want and not making it in you know for a top 10 pick is you know not being a star receiver but um not be you know durable and, and be able to consistently um win in the NFL and uh, lacks just a little bit of strength that I think maybe CD Lamb has uh, but at the same time does some of the things that CD Lamb maybe doesn't do you know he's got that extra bit of speed that's you know I mean CD Lamb isn't a burner he doesn't have those natural traits at the same level that Judy does so it, it's kind of like what one group does absolutely superbly the other one only does well and, and vice versa I think for these two and, and it is going to be a lot about what the particular team that takes them wants I think yeah, I mean, it's like comparing different kinds of curry or something. You, you like both, but you can't really put your finger on which one you want. It's a tough choice. Um, I think I think their success is going to come down to where they land, you know, which yes. quarterback they're playing with, what system. Yeah. So, you know, but they're, yeah, both fantastic players. You know, 100%. Already, you can tell. And guys, that the Steelers are going to be absolutely nowhere near. <laughs> yeah, no chance. Probably not. And, you know, unless they're on the Browns and uh, <laughs> we have to play them. Um yeah, I mean, yeah, both. Can you see both of these guys being Pro Bowlers very early in the career? Yeah, entirely. Yeah, um, yeah, fair enough. I, I like I say it's hard. I think is it fair to say there's a bit of a gap then moving on to kind of the third and lower guys, and I think this is maybe where we'll start to see a bit of um, separation in our list that we've done here. I don't know, do, do, Dave. Do you want to jump out? Who you've got on your third guy in the list? My sort of third guy is. I don't even again. I don't even know if Steelers anywhere near him but uh henry ruggs was someone i really enjoy watching tape of he is like if if he was a cartoon they'd be like burning flames behind him in his foot in his footprints he is stupid fast man i, I could yeah. barely even see he's the blur it's and playing on the other side from jerry judy i yeah. mean it's crazy <laughs> yeah it's crazy to see but like he, he's just there's a, a bit of a knock on him was that he's not physical enough but no fucker can get near him to be physical with him. It's just, it's just, he's gone. Yeah. So, I mean, he's one ninety. He's good, good weight for. You know, yeah. He's not, yeah. Not too slight. Yeah, there's been a bit of a knock in him. He's got like a bit of a limited root tree and stuff. Yeah. But again, but it's that's going to come with time. It's it's not something that he's going to have straight out of the, out of the out of college. So it's I, I'm I was really impressed with him. Um, and I don't know about you guys, but it, it just purely on his athletic ability just because he's so damn fast yeah i was too I, I have him down as, as my number three as well dave i think it was crazy right to see you'd be watching tape and you'd see both of them showing up and they're both just miles open right and it's like yeah. they could have just punted this ball to either of them and i was listening to um one of pff's podcasts on the receivers this week and uh, they were saying that that uh, judy and rugs would pe- play rock paper scissors in the huddle right to decide who was going to get the long ball <laughs> yeah to and smith there were three of them right the three of them doing it <laughs> it's crazy yeah. right who wants to score this one <laughs> so yeah it's I mean, like the, it's like the, what was the basketball team like that used to Oh, the, the, what are they called? The, oh, 
It's gone. The, the basketball team that was like a pretend basketball team that used to play oh, the team the, that always the, lost. Um, oh, uh, they used to play the Washington Generals. I know yeah. they're losing team. <laughs> I know uh, you mean. It's more about me. Than, yeah, oh, it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. it's like that. They're they're receiver core. It's like yeah. oh, this. How are we going to score this one? Not how, not are we going to score? It's like who's going to score? Yeah, There's just so course. many bits of tape on on rugs just making defensive backs look really stupid, just cutting off angles and making a miss. It's it's pretty amazing to see, but and that's purely based on on speed, like we say. Yeah, well, he's got he creates he creates separation at the line of scrimmage. That's what I like yeah. about him. He's not just using speed to blast parts. You know, he'll do a little move, shimmy, and then blaze, and he's wide yeah. open because yeah. the, the receiver, the, the the cornerbacks kind of tied him not and can't catch up. It's great to yeah. see. And he's got good ball skills as well. Yeah, exactly, and that, that's what separates him, I think. that's Because a guy with this kind of speed, you'd be looking at, just for the traits angle, looking at taking high, but I think the fact that he has good ball skills as well separates him. And I wrote down that we, we could have another Tyreek Hill on our hands here, right? And I think a guy like Tyreek Hill having such success in that Kansas offense is a reason that his stock is going to rise in this draft, I think. Mm. He's got pretty amazing awareness as well. I don't know if you guys saw it. There's like a There's a touchdown that he caught that was through another guy's hands. The other guy had juggled it through his hands and he just happened to be oh, yeah. there behind him and just plucked it out of the air. Yeah, I did That's see pretty that. impressive awareness. He, he yeah. also, what I kind of like about him as well, I think guys like this tend to get the um, the, the kind of title stuck to them. They're just kind of deep guys, right? Or they run like vertical routes and yeah. and just go over the top. But, but because they give him such a cushion in, in uh, kind of off coverage because he's so fast and they know he's going to beat him downfield, he, t- he takes what he's given, right? And I think some, a lot of these mesh routes and kind of crosses concepts and, and uh, you know, over-the-middle routes, and, and he's sort of, as soon as he, if you get the ball in his hands in stride, I know he's playing sort of college defences and whatever, it's going to be different in the NFL, but you get his ball in stride, he just immediately seeks a hole and that's it. There's no stopping him. If you give him a, an inch of grass, he's away, right? And uh, That's mm. someone that the NFL defences are going to have to completely plan a game around, the same way they do with Tyreek Hill and, and any guy that's got game-breaking speed like that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, uh, yeah, yeah that, that's why I put him in uh, second. Gav, did you, uh, sorry, third, did you have him as third receiver as well? I've actually got T Higgins third. Okay, let's, let's move on to him then, if you want. But uh, that's just because I, I like the kind of player he is. I, I always really like Martavis Bryant, that kind of red zone weapon, power forward, but also can separate and has got speed, can make contested catches, can can make catches over the middle and just and just catches the ball beautifully in stride. Uh, he's 6'4", so, you know, he's he's not he's not blazing speed like like um, Ruggs, but he's he's fast for his size. And uh, yeah, he's just a player I like. I think if... You know, he's not going to. No, Steelers got no chance in drafting him, but that would be exactly the kind of receiver out of these four that I think the Steelers need. Yeah, you're not wrong. It's weird, right, with T. Higgins because a particular someone's going to fall in love with this guy. I think somewhere around the kind of um, maybe even the top twenty range, right, in the first round. But he's um, he's different because a lot of the guys in this class are super athletic, super twitchy guys under six foot two. And he's the kind of the big uh, Julio Jones style, Megatron style receiver, right? Yeah. In this the class. kind of guy you want to beat the kind of modern cornerback that plays, you know, the Tampa three or whatever it is, Seattle three. Yeah. You know where they where they press, bump and run, kind of, and then they've got big rangy guys that can tip and deflect and intercept balls. Well, he's he's a counter to that because he he he's going to just completely neutralize that kind of one on one man man marking on the outside. Yeah. Uh, I mean. He, even playing at the highest level of college, right? Playing for Clemson, it, it looked like he was just absolutely annihilating some some uh, corner. I mean, it was embarrassing at some point. You was you were watching him go up in the corner of the end zone, and you know there's, there's two or three guys around him, and they're, they're both a foot 
you know, their hands are a foot short of the ball, that they've got absolutely no chance. Um, yeah, this guy is different when he's going up and sort of grabbing the ball at the catch point at the highest level. And uh, yeah, I was impressed by him as well. I actually had him um, fourth, um, just behind Rugs, and I suppose we'll move on in a second with the third guy. But anything that you kind of didn't like about T Higgins, Gavin or Dave? There's not much not to like. He seems like pretty sort of that big red zone threat, which is something we need. Um, I don't know. I, I, I've not seen an awful lot of him. He's one of the ones that receives I watched the least of. But he strikes. He seems to be a bit of a, like you were saying last week, a bit of a high floor, low ceiling kind of guy. I don't know how much more room he's got to develop in being, because he seems to be that sort of, he's the tall guy. If that if that makes sense, he he doesn't seem to do much else other than that being being the deep threat. Can you agree with that? Or... Yeah, yeah, I yeah. totally agree. One of the worries I I mean I, I sort of picked this up um, from uh, I can't remember who said it now. But I was I was listening to someone's sort of breakdown of him originally, um, and they sort of pointed out that most of his production is is on twenty plus yard throws, right? Uh, and that, yeah. that that's a bit concerning because he's not a burner, right? So he's not a guy who's going to break away. I mean, he's obviously he's, he's always going to have that potential to catch the ball deep down the field, but um, concerning maybe that he's not getting that workload in the intermediate parts of the field, Gavin. Yeah, I think I think the the worry was his, his lack of toughness. But then you've also got to think that a lot of these guys they have an agreement with their coaches that they're not going to do that dirty work over the middle towards towards draft time when they know they're yeah. going into draft season. And I mean, there's one another player we're going to talk about in a minute who I'm pretty sure you watch his 2018 tape. Sorry, 2019 tape. <clears throat> he's strictly outside. And that's and that's because they don't want him getting hurt because it's it's it's, it's you know his potential future in the NFL would be ruined just for then you know I think I think that that comes into it so I you know the, the, yeah the knock on Higgins is slightly whether he, how tough he is he does make the contested catches going over the middle whether he's he's prepared if he knows he's going to take a lick in whether he's prepared to actually go up and get it but I, I just think that's him making business decisions I mean maybe yeah you want to see it but let's mm. let's let's see it. I mean he's he's the ultimate power forward you know, the basketball kind of position, you know, that big guy that you can just throw it up to. So I think, you know, I, I really like the guy. Okay, awesome. So so that's the top four. Is that the top four that we all have? Dave, uh, Gav, uh, uh, sorry, Dave, I don't know if you... Uh, Who was your I'd, number four? My number four, so I'm just looking through my list there. I'll just say it was the Harlem Globetroppers. Harlem Globetroppers, that's exactly it. I knew it was like, a, I was thinking world. I was, for some reason I had the word world stuck in my head, but it was a globe. Uh, we <laughs> had the unified brain fart there. <laughs> All the people that are driving, screaming Harlem Globetrotters, you can uh, rest assured we, we got there in the end. Anyway, sorry, Dave. <laughs> yeah, my, my next one was uh, LaVisca Sheno Jr. Yep, that's that's the guy I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. That's, the, that's the guy I was saying that got moved outside to protect him. Yeah, he's he's got that sort of... Again, he looks like a stealer to me. He's got that yeah. sort of stout build, tough guy. He's versatile. I mean, he, his, his footage of him playing at like halfback and then at a wildcat and all sorts, that seems to fit the game plan of the Steelers at the moment. Um, but yeah, he, he seems, I, I don't know, maybe I'm comparing a bit too directly, but he seems a bit of a juju kind of guy. Am I wrong in that? Well, I think what what this, I think he's a very different guy to some of the other guys in, in this class in that he's not just a receiver and not kind of in the way that we talk about with Jalen Samuels, but but kind of in a similar way, like a Swiss Army knife guy, a guy who can you know play every position. He he, he ran a lot out of the wildcat and did a lot of kind of weird and different things in uh, the Colorado offense. But 
Uh, what interests me the most about him is you get the ball in his hands and he turns into a running back, right? And that's a bit of a cliche, but yeah. he's a, a, a bruising guy and he's like, you're watching him run. It's like, it's like, I mean, I don't know. It's like you say, it's well, Juju with the catch point and Derek Henry with the ball in his hands. Yeah. <laughs> that he kind just of game. carries guys with him, doesn't he? Yeah, he just yeah. Just breaks out of multiple tackles and gang tackles. As them, I think he, I think I read somewhere that he has the, like the, one of the most uh, broken tackles per catch in the college football. Um, yeah, he's six two two twenty. He's no slight. You know, he's yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah. an incredible athlete with it. And you never see wide. What really got me watching his tape was you never see wide receivers sort of once they've caught the ball. I mean, they might fight for extra yards, right? But you never see them really bury their heads in the way that a running back would. Um, and yeah, he just, you know, even with three guys on him, will bury his head forward and dive in to get those extra two or three yards. And it's weird. It's a mindset you don't see many receivers have. I don't think. Yeah, it's I've weird. Got, I've, I've got him written down as the baby-faced assassin here. <laughs> it looks like he's about 12 but he's built like a man yeah I mean their their offense completely ran through him didn't it yes yeah. yeah but I mean you see on the tape though that he's he's quite a polished route runner as well and he, and he, he stems well outside and just blazes up the sideline so he can be that out and out outside guy which I think a lot of the kind of draft nicks are saying oh he's going to be a Corderell Patterson type uh, kind of you know slash Paris Campbell slash you know, Randall Cobb, one of those kind of gadget guys, jet sweeps. I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's my naivety in the in the strength of opposition that he's playing against. But I, I, I see him a bit more than that, a bit better than that. I mean, he's shifty, but not like shifty like Lamb and Judy are shifty. But he, he, he's pretty shifty and like can see him run across the middle. He's got soft hands. I don't know. He seems pretty good to me. Yeah, I think but I, I don't. he's got some good upside, I think. Um, I think a certain type of team is going to have a lot of interest in him. Um a couple of injury red flags that there wasn't a lot of in this class. He seemed to be the only guy that really had much. He had a, a toe surgery and a torn labrum in 2019. So um, a couple of concerns there, maybe, especially with him being a hard-hitting guy when he's got the ball in his hands. But, yeah, I don't know. Um, a super interesting guy, maybe not the most polished guy as well, which, for me, I think for a guy like him, leaves you... I mean, there's going to be some offensive coordinators in the NFL who bang the table for this guy, I think. Yeah. The things they could do with him. I mean, and not only—I mean, you can block downfield as well. He can—I mean, yeah, he's just—you could really like open up your playbook with this guy yeah. for sure. Do you know who I think he'd fit really well with? The Chiefs. I was going to say the Ravens. Oh god. Sort of—I I know, right? <laughs> but like, <laughs> just like a big guy who's got the body to—if to, you can teach him how to to really block on the edge for for the kind of those weird runs that Lamar Jackson does and. And sort of have him like as a really complimentary piece to do those things that Lamar Jackson and that offense can run. I, I don't know. I feel like he'd be an interesting piece on that offense. That's a terrifying vision you've yeah. just put into my head. <laughs> Nightmare vision. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're thinking about where he's going to go at the end of that sort of first round, and the Baltimore mm. probably are looking maybe for. Although they took a receiver in the first round last year, right? But um, I still think it's a position that they'd like to improve on. Yeah, it's a very different receiver to anything they've got. I mean, yeah. they took Boykin, didn't they? And they've got Hollywood Brown, yeah. both very different players. So, yeah. You never know. We'll see. That could, that could be oh, the big guys are calling it here. <laughs> yeah. So, do you think that's the kind of the end of the, the first round, guys? Or is there anyone else that you yeah, think exactly. could go in the first round? Yeah, I, I think that's... Well, that's the end of where I would look in in, uh, in the first round. Um, and I think that... Um, Chanel is very much an end of the first round guy because I don't know that you necessarily want him to be your, your primary sort of like you say alpha receiver and I would like a, a wide receiver one and him be a complimentary piece so I think that's maybe peaks him out in terms of where he goes in the draft at the end I the think I think he could grow into being an out I think his ceiling is whatever you want he's the athlete he's got all the tools right he's just not done it and he's slightly limited by production and his 
the, the play of the team. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, we could be seeing, you know, another kind of do it all number one receiver here. Just just needs to be in the right spot with the right coach, right quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, yeah possibly. But, it, but it's a projection, which is why he's not in the top top half of the first round. So I, I could see him going late in that first round. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think that's where I would stop on the first round picks. Alright, so who have you got next? So that's that's top five. At six, I've got um, Jalen Rager out of TCU. Um, another elite speed guy. And when I got to him originally, I was like, oh, man, like another super speedy <laughs> wide receiver, right? Um, but I found that this guy was a little bit more, um, Jalen Rager, that is a little bit more twitchy and maybe than... So you look at a guy like um, Higgs, who's, who's super fast. We're talking Tyreek Hill fast, right? And just game-breaking. This guy is... Uh, sorry, yeah, Ruggs. Uh, who did I say? You've merged Ruggs and Higgins, Higgins. into Higgs. Higgs. <laughs> 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 like, I can barely do your names. Don't get me started on, like, you know... <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah, sorry. So what, what got me about this guy was he's... Um, with the ball in his hands, super fluid. I mean, the, the majority of the upside you get from him is, is with the ball in the hands, right? I think if you can sort of um, draw up plays, be it screens or sort of short, quick passes, bubble screens, things like that, to get the ball in his hands and just let him do what he does best, that's the best thing you can do for him. That's why I think maybe he's restricted to a second-round uh, wide receiver. But um, what I was interested in, it was quite surprising. He's only five foot ten. Um, he's a pretty small guy, you know, similar to my own height. So, you know, I understand his struggles. But he's um, <laughs> he surprises me that he sometimes goes up there and really competes for balls that it just looks like he has no business competing for. So while most of his value comes with the ball in his hands and being that kind of twitchy, athletic joystick kind of guy, I think that he does offer some upside um, as kind of an intermediate to deep option because he, he can go up there and beat guys that are, you know maybe six foot two and towering over him. He just he's got such a vertical leap. I'd be interested to see what his vertical is actually. He's got such a great leap on him and kind of high points the ball with such accuracy that it almost adds a couple of inches to his height almost of what you would anticipate a guy going up to get if you if you kind of know what I mean. So yeah, I thought he was an interesting guy. I think he's a, a risky. I actually wrote down. I think he's too risky of a pick to go in the first round, but I think he's got a very, very high ceiling with the right kind of team and the right coaching. Um, also, a really good um, return screen guy. So yeah, I like him. A couple of drops on take, which are a little bit concerning. I think he's. I can't remember exactly what his numbers were. I didn't write them down, but a little bit concerning uh, in terms of drops. So you want to nail that, and and also the production fell off a cliff in the last year. But if you look at the percentage that he was for the TCU offense, he accounted for I think twenty two percent of the yards and thirty three percent of the touchdowns because that that offense was complete trash. So. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it, he was a he's a limited route runner, but only in that it they didn't ask him to run many many routes because yeah. <laughs> he's so fast they just go go get it up top like yeah. you know so uh, yeah and and limited by by their team I think TCU yeah. weren't that great were they so and they just he he was the offense so pretty much he was exactly and that says a lot right I mean if a guy can stand up, even if his numbers aren't necessarily competing with a guy uh, you know like we'll get onto in a minute on LSU um, I, I think. The fact that he generates... It's all about percentage and, and, and volume in the offense that you've got to look at, I think. Yeah. So what did you kind of think of him, Gav? Well, same as you, really. Uh, just absolute blazer. And I, I just want to see... He, he's an interesting one. I mean, the comp is Deshaun Jackson, right? I mean, mm. and you can see that. Similar build, similar speed, similar play. 
Um, I actually have a Deshaun Jackson comp for a guy I'm going to talk about um, at number eight, but we'll get to that in a bit. <laughs> okay. I know maybe that's a bit of a clue about who that is for me. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's tricky. You'd have to sort of, he's kind of more of a projection, isn't he, than a, than a known yeah. thing. So that kind of pushes him down. Uh, yeah, I mean, if he was on the board, do the, you know, this is what it comes down to. This if, is where if we the get Steelers to. Are gonna, yeah, if yeah. they're going to take a receiver, what kind of receiver are they going to take? And and I think I've got a slightly different opinion about a lot of Steelers fans. I've seen quite a few people say they want a burning, you know, blaze, blow the blow the doors off the top of the defense kind of receiver. And, th- and this guy is that. So those people that want that, that, yeah. that, this would be a great pick and they'd be, they'd be calling for it. Whereas I want, I think the guy you're alluding to next is that kind of style where something different over the middle between the hashes kind of receiver. Yeah, I tend to agree with you a little bit. I think he, I think, um, I think Jalen Rager has the, the higher upside, but I'm not convinced he's a guy the Steelers should look at because we need an impact player right at round two. It's our first pick in the draft. This isn't a guy we really want to take a flyer on. I don't think in this this draft. Take um, a flyer on a flyer. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, listen, he's crazy fast, but I don't know if this is this is the direction that I'd go in personally if I was the Steelers and he was on the board along with a couple of other guys. Dave, did you have a, was he on your list? He was, but it was sort of on a par with another guy, Brandon Ayuk. Oh, I, I did. I did watch him. I didn't make it into my eight, but because we'll probably be just outside. The main reason that Reagan made it into my list was what he offers on special teams as, as a returner, yeah. which is something that we've we've lacked and potentially will lack coming go, in going forward. And Ayuk also offers that in a, in a returner, but they're, they're very different guys. The two of them. I mean, Ayuk's more of sort of a physical guy. Um, strikes me as more of pretty much out of the slot rather than a guy on the outside. But, yeah, Reagan made it into the list, on well, my list anyway, purely because of that ability, like you say, just to go up and get it, despite being 5'11". Not not saying he's small, you know, I know he's the same height as you, I don't want to insult you, sir. Well, I'm 5'9", so, uh, I mean, we, I feel like we keep adding inches to me every time we, we say this guy's name. <laughs> are, you, are you over 70, pa- uh, 70 kilos, sorry? Or would you, would you, would you fit in, uh, in Unfortunately, uh, I'm well Greg Robinson's set. drug bag? <laughs> I think the thing is with me, right? I think I'm like the height of a twitchy receiver, but with the weight of like an offensive guard. So um, keep yeah. drinking your protein shakes, and you'll be well on your way. <laughs> it's not a protein shake, anyway, right? Anyway, <laughs> Gav. Um, Gav, I'm assuming you have. The they next... should print that on those silly bottles that you all use. <laughs> Crying out loud, fuel. It's not, not a protein, a protein shake. shake. <laughs> <laughs> right, Gav. By the sounds of it, I'm guessing that you have the same guy uh, I have next, right? It sounds like it. Uh, Justin Jefferson from LSU, right? Yeah, bang up. Yeah, what a guy! I love this guy. Do you want to? Do you want to go into him? Or should uh, I start? Well, well, to be honest, it sounds like you probably are a little bit more into him than me, so I, I don't. I don't mind if you go with it. Yeah, I mean, if this guy is on the board, I think the Steelers got to pull the trigger uh, uh, in that second round pick because this okay. this guy it, it just perfect slot into the the Steelers hole in their offense where I think they kind of need a, I guess a Cooper Cup. Right, like a, a short short yardage, move the chains, always open, tough over the middle, between the hashes especially, someone, you know, but you can get that production from a tight end. But this guy, I mean, the amount of production he had at, at college is, is insane. And, and and he's not just kind of over the numbers and, and get tackled there. He's like a deep threat from over the numbers. So he'll, he'll, he'll come out of the slot, take a ball in traffic with a, with a crazy kind of, body control catch, tracking the ball, and then suddenly he's blazed off. He's gone, and it's a touchdown. I mean, I like this guy. I, I guess 
What, what, what's the knock on him? What's, can, what... can I? Can I kind of? I mean, listen. I, I like him. I think his his production's great. But, but can I kind of run back on why I wouldn't take him with that pick? Well, I mean, obviously it depends on who's there, right? I mean, if the tight ends you want are off the board and you're not feeling anyone, I would not be upset at all if this was the pick. But why maybe it wouldn't be my first choice? I I, I feel like he's he's very much the prototypical super polished. Um, excellent technical ability, um, like an absolute pro at the position, right? But but I'm concerned that he doesn't maybe have the athletic upside to be um, a real dog, right? D A W G. Um, <laughs> I think it's dog. <laughs> dog. dog. <laughs> um, why did I say that? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like I actually wrote down it feels like he wins more with his excellent technical ability than he does with kind of any athletic prowess. And, and while that's great in college, it does sometimes worry me that maybe he isn't going to bring anything we don't already have. Gav's going to get really upset with me, but it, like <laughs> with the three guys that we have currently starting with, and I feel like, I mean, listen, he might, he probably would and might overtake some of these guys, but how much it's all about percentage differential and what's he offering us. I don't know that he's the guy that's going to offer us the most of what we don't have over those three guys. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not entirely convinced. He doesn't have the upside for me um, in that sense. And I may be tempted to go another direction in terms of a, a different position, even if he was the only guy that was there that you were interested in. Okay. Just to come back to that. I think, you know, you, what you're talking about there with the, the athletic kind of, kind of freakish guy that he isn't right. Uh, he's six, three. I mean, he's quite tall, but yeah, okay. he's only one, only not one, one, nine, two. So not maybe, you know, not could bulk out a bit in terms of, what, what the kind of role he's playing in that Cooper Cup across the middle role, but he's um he, he's a, he's kind of a zone beater. He'll just find the the soft zone, you know. He'll find the hole, and and he'll just be open. So he, he doesn't necessarily he's as much a mental receiver as he is a physical receiver, and doesn't need to kind of you know to beat people. But he, he's slick enough to to get separation, and, and, and you know it's like. Uh, Chris Hogan, for instance, was was that guy that was always open, wasn't it? Famously for the that the, team in Hard Knocks, yeah. and he, he, this guy's always open, and that's what you, you want your receivers to be open. You don't yeah, necessarily. But you got to remember, I mean, he's playing for. Maybe what puts me off is the kind of guy that he is, and then he's playing for a team like LSU. Um, you know, so he's getting a lot of help. Uh, can he do it in the NFL? I suppose is the question I'm asking. I, I'm not. I mean, I'm not saying he won't, but I, I'm saying that you're betting on him there at that pick, and it. I don't know. I, I don't know. Shout out to Jason as well, because I asked him what, what he Jason thought. Say? Obviously, so he goes, I don't mind, and I see him as a good slash great complimentary receiver in the right system. Yes. Very rangy, great hands, and he's very sneaky getting into gaps long range. He's not going to be that short range target that picks up seven to 12 passes a game. See, that's what I think he is. So I admit that's where, I mean, I, I defer to Jason because he's watched him way more than me, but it's just what I've seen on tape. But could be a, great, a game breaker being a deep threat. Think a decent Martavis Bryant, but with better work ethic. This guy saves it for big games, too, on fire during SEC Championship. There's loads of games that he's done well. Can see him being around in the third or fourth, but I suspect many will wonder how much Burrow was involved in his success. And that's a fair point. I mean, he did have that, you know, he was playing in, on a great team with the number one QB prospect this year. Yeah. With another great receiver and your favorite tight end across, you know, across from him. So. And a good running back too. I, I I'd not watched much of Hilaire actually, um, but watching watching the Moss and Jefferson's tape, I noticed how good Hilaire is as a running back. But anyway, that's a different issue. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, I bet the production's off the chart, right? I mean, it is. Yeah, he was he was LSU's leading receiver in 2018 with 54 catches for eight eight seven five yards, six touchdowns. As a junior in 2019, Jefferson led the country with 111 receptions, 18 receiving touchdowns, ranked second in the country behind his teammate Jamar Chase, and his 1,540 receiving yards were third most, and had a historic performance in the Peach Bowl, catching 14 passes for 227 yards and four touchdowns, and all four touchdowns came in the first half. I mean, the, the guys just outproduced everybody apart from his teammate but i mean <laughs> um, how old is he Gav? have you got that written down i haven't oh, okay i didn't have it written down i was just wondering because, i was just wondering for because he, he's definitely an option and i'm just kind of basing it on what the steelers kind of like to take so maybe that's something maybe go away and look into a little bit more but yeah okay dave did you did you like jefferson was he on your list i'm i'm gonna side with you on this one si he's he, I, i've been looking at receivers with a sort of mindset of what Will a player add? Because mm. uh, you know we've got got DJ and Washington are both emerging well, potential stars. We've got Juju's uh, number one out there. But it's what will someone add? And what we I think we said in previous episodes that we want someone who's going to be that guy over the middle, tough guy who can make those sort of short yardage catches and pick up those short yards. And he isn't that guy. Oh, I think he is that guy. To me, to, he, he lacks that sort of toughness. He's not. He doesn't strike me as very tough. He seems to actively avoid contact. But again, is that him protecting his his draft stock? I mean, he's he's open in in those those zones. Um, yeah, I don't know. He's got great technique, Gav. I can't can't knock him. Out. And those are the guys that I like. I, I'm more just saying from from a Steelers perspective, um, wouldn't it be my first choice just based on what we already have, but. Um, I mean, he makes a beautiful over-the-shoulder catch, right? I mean, some of those sort of end zone sort of long balls and just... Yeah, I mean, listen, I really did like the guy and I like the guy's tape, but it just wasn't a guy I, I would feel we, we need, really, to be honest. You know, we talk yeah. about positions of need, but if we t- sort of dive into the, the, the minute detail of it, I don't think he's a position-wide receiver that we're desperate for. That's interesting, isn't it? The, the difference of uh, evaluation because I, I, he, he fits out of there's there's two wide receivers. The other one we haven't talked about yet, but there's two wide receivers in in this group that I think exactly what the Steelers need, and he's one of them. So there you go. We've got a different opinion. Okay. Well, do you want to talk about? Because I, I think I've got seven of my guys. I can't get losing track now. But I, I think I've had seven of my guys go already. So, um, do you want to talk about your guy? Because I'm, I'm guessing that my guy that's left isn't a guy that you've got. So we'll start to dive into these guys that maybe one of us have put down as number eight or seven. Well, Dave mentioned Brandon Ayuk, and he's actually—I did watch him, but he ended up not making my list. But yeah. I—but he made Dave. So, do you want to talk about him, Dave? Um, I say nothing that hasn't already been said. Really, just sort of—he's a that physical guy. He's—he gets gets in back's faces, and, and he's not afraid to, to make contact. He, he's not sort of avoiding it. You know, not necessarily inviting it, but he's not afraid to go in there and get his head amongst it. So he's, that's what attracted me to him and what he offers in, in the return game he's, he's just the, the only knock on him I've seen is that he's um, not a natural catcher of the ball like some t- there, there has been issues with drops and things like that but how much of that has come from being in contact I don't know um, you know guys knocking balls loose etc um, so yeah that's all I can really say about him I don't know if you, have you guys watched much of him? I, I, I started a little bit, um, 
but I decided that he, he wasn't going to make the eight, so um, I stopped before I did as much as the rest of them. But I, I think he's. I know PFF are high on him, and I, I kind of respect their ratings well. I think he's like sixth on their on their rankings, right? So um, he's a guy I'm kind of looking forward to diving a bit more into whenever we do the second uh, batch of these. I think uh, Daniel Jeremiah's quite high on him as well, isn't he? I think. Yeah, yeah. A few guys are. He seems to be kind of very much in that conversation of being a second round uh, guy potentially. I, I I've I kind of I watched him ex- wanting to be wowed and I wasn't wowed. Yeah. I was kind of he's he's kind of he's good, he's solid, he does a lot of things well, but nothing really stood out that where I could really grab hold of and go, This is that guy. I couldn't come up with a comp. I couldn't yeah. say, you know, this is his best trait. Um I mean he does he does he does do some nice nice things. He gets separated quite nicely, stems his roots, does take some good angles and sort of head knobs and double moves and, and foot jabs to sort of get open, but he's not shifty. He's not like the kind of Jerry Judy kind of shifty guy. Mm. Um, yeah, I think to kind of go along with that, Gav, I, I, pretty much every guy I've got on this list does something exceptionally where um, it excites you to a point. So whatever it is for each of the guys, you know, there's something that they do where I'm like, this could be the reason that they're the best receiver in this class. But I think after after this point, I kind of got to the guys where I was like, okay, I'm starting to see why this is maybe the second batch of receivers for me. Yeah, I mean, he's. I think he he. I think he's an outside guy. Do you agree? I don't think he's a slot guy. Did you think that? I I, uh, I don't know. I, I to be honest, I didn't do enough to to, to right. really gauge that question. And in terms really. of the Steelers, I thought you know he's not the same player as Washington, but I think he would be in that role right. in the in the Steelers' offense. And I don't think the Steelers are going to go that way because they've got that player that plays that sort of X role. Are you using our own yeah. knock on Jefferson against us for Ayuk? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. So, so that's uh, Brandon Ayuk. Um, Gav, do you are you where are you up to? Have you got seven guys gone now? Have you got an eighth? Is that where we are? Uh, I, uh, no, I've got the number eighth, which is the guy that I. If this guy is available at number two, and he probably actually will be, but I will be screaming at the TV for them to take this guy <laughs> it's because be a I'm Chase worried. Situation. <laughs> yeah, it's just going to be a chase. This guy is my Chase Winovich, and I think this this watching this guy's tape made me think. Actually, let's not go tight end. Let's go to this guy. Oh, can I? Ooh, who are you feeling? Is, is it Mims? No, it's not Mims. Oh, okay, go. Cool. It's Pittman. Right, okay. I didn't watch a great this, deal of him. This guy, six four, two one five. He is a to quote uh, to quote my man Vox Lombardi. He is a gangster, an absolute separation <laughs> gangster. Like possession underneath, totally dominant. Took over games for USC. I mean, he's contested catches in traffic. I mean, he's big, and you know, USC. It's not SEC, so he's not always playing the best opposition, but. I mean, there's one player against Utah. He, he jams at the line of scrimmage on the numbers, right? And, he, and he's got... So he, he's, in, he's on one-on-one coverage and he's got a safety over the top. He stems inside and then angles back to outpace the safety who's crashing down on him, meets the ball in strides and haul it in with long arms. And it's a 50-yard game. And this guy's like, you know, six foot four. It's, look, he's like outburning people, but that's because of the separation that he's using and the skill. He's got like a, a fantastic like, jab step it just loses his marker immediately. And then the guy's trying to catch up with him and then he's huge. And so he's just completely out ball skilled. Uh, it's just, if they can get this guy, the Steelers offense is going to fly. Okay. It sounds like a guy I need to, to kind of pay a bit more exciting attention to. Exciting tape. Really yeah. exciting tape. Okay. Awesome. 
I haven't seen any of him, so I'm, I'm, I'll buy one of those, but you've sold him to me. Yeah. I mean, it's what I'm saying about Jefferson. This guy is the guy. Okay. All right. But, I mean, I've seen people saying that he's sort of second slash third round. So, yeah. to me, that's not going to be there at the comp pick. So, I think if you want this guy, if you like this guy, you've got to go for him with that second round pick because someone's going to put you and someone's going to go for him. I think, I think you know, the, the, the kind of draft nits say they, they, they red star a guy that maybe isn't the best player in the draft, but they're just a player they like. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, a Steelers, guy. that's a Steelers move as well. You know, they're not afraid to overdraft a guy, quote unquote, right? Yeah, yeah. Watch this guy's tape. I think you'll enjoy it. Okay, will do. Um, great. Does that is that both of you guys? All eight of your guys talked about? Uh, kind of. I, I I need to be careful that I don't start going too far into the next episode. <laughs> so <I've got> like... <laughs> yeah, we're not we're not jumping into nine, ten, eleven. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, if you've got them there, Dave, let's just give us a little preview. Um, I, some, I, I I'm hiring him at the moment because I pretty much watched him about an hour or so ago. Before we started recording this, but um, Devin Duvernay, oh Duvernay, Duvernay, yeah. Duvernay, you got to remember because yeah. it's like the Kansas City guard, right? Duvernay Tardif. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds but like a like sort of a... plantation dude, doesn't it? It's like French. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, he's sorry. again a bit on the short side, five eleven, but he's so aggressive and I hate to say it, but violent. He's just like he's he's like a he's built like a bowling ball. He's solid. And he's that guy who can just... I can't, who was it was saying earlier that just breaks tackles? I can't remember who was he was saying it about. C.D. Lamb. Yeah, and just just runs through guys. And it's um, actually Chanel, awesome I think. Oh, Chanel, 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 yeah, Chanel, the violent yeah. guy, yeah. C.D. Um, Lamb is the hologram guy, yeah, sorry. But he's just got <laughs> yeah. such a such a great burst of speed, and it's just... It's, it, it, it was exciting to watch. Uh, you, you know, you, you watch someone and you go, yeah, that, I, I want that guy. He's just exciting. But, he's, you know, he's... More of a sort of a deep threat guy. Um, there's a few knocks on him, but it's sort of... I find it hard to see what people are knocking on him. It's just people like saying he's not very elusive and, and stuff, but he doesn't need to be because he's just charging through guys. It doesn't matter if he's elusive or not. You know, he's not hmm. that guy that's going to break people's ankles, but he's probably going to break their necks. So it doesn't really matter to me. Um, have you guys seen anything of him? Well, yeah, I was I was really kind of excited to see him at the Senior Bowl, and exactly. then he didn't really show up. I think I mentioned him on the podcast and kind of tipped him as one to watch, and, and he didn't really do much. So it, that's a question mark for me. Why didn't yeah. he show up? Yeah, he fell down yeah. after the Senior Bowl a little bit, didn't he? I, I kind of fell yeah. off that kind of top couple of round sort of area. But I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I do want to go back and watch a little bit more of him because I know he, he was definitely an interesting prospect before uh, that senior bowl showing. So he wasn't a guy that I even sort of looked at for this exercise. And I think he's probably a guy that's going to, we'll talk a bit more about when it comes to this second batch. Whenever we do that, we'll probably be, well, I don't know. We'll do it in a couple of weeks probably. But um, mm. yeah, he, he's one, one that I definitely want to watch. Along with quite a few guys, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. And there's loads. I mean, just, just so many guys so many, in this so class. Deep, right? Yeah. Um, we could I, do I, another 10 here I've got one last guy who's my number 8 um, if you can indulge me for a minute um, I kind of put this guy on as a maybe a bit you know people kind of write articles and always include that like the top 101 free agents and 101 is always like um, you know Geno Smith or <laughs> like an interesting name but like why is he exactly 101 I, I, I kind of put this guy as a bit of a wild card is he actually the 8th best I don't know. You could probably argue with it, but but the reason I included him was because I think he's the best at something in this in this class, right? 
And the name is um, KJ Hamler from Penn State. Um, either of you two watch this guy at all? I haven't actually watched you, right? He's five nine. He's five, yeah, he's five nine, my height. That's probably why I liked him, right? 176 <laughs> yeah. pounds, so the weight I wish I was, right? <laughs> um, no, right, so this guy, I mean, think about um, uh, Jalen Rager that we were talking about earlier, right? Uh, this guy is like the, the uber Jalen Rager, right? In, in both the good and the bad way, right? So um, he's, he's a little bit smaller and much lighter, um, but but he's, he's, he's insanely elusive, but almost to the point of his own, like, degradation. Like, he's like... Um, literally, I know people use this as a cliche, right? Being like a joystick guy or a Madden guy, but but he really is like it's obscene. Like he's every single play, he's got the ball in his hands and he's he's juking all over the field. He's spinning on people. He is the like thrill ride of this draft. And if there's any tape to go watch, you know, just with some popcorn, th- this is the guy, right? I mean, he's like constantly. You can you can stop on a dime. He's just got that turn ability that you just you don't see at all. Um, he, he he just leaps over guys and he ramps up to, to his acceleration is insane. He, t- he you know, um, probably not as fast as like a a, a guy like um, Higgs, but uh, I got that right this time. Higgs, right? no, he did Rugs. Oh my <laughs> god, Rugs, Hugs, Higgs, Riggs, Henry Hugs, <laughs> Rugs, Henry Hugs, Henry Riggs. Yeah, dear God, um, not quite as fast, but but the acceleration is is beyond anyone else that I watched on tape. Um, and it constantly sell. I mean, his head movement's great. He's so kind of over the top, and he just easily sells. That he's going to sway one way and then sweeps the other way, and um, yeah, he's he's a guy who's rarely going to be stopped once he sees uh, an inch of grass in front of him. He's he's going to be away. Um, but there is a lot of concern, right? He's a risky pick. He, he's a guy who he's not got any versatility. He's very much this kind of guy. He's an elusive guy. He's going to play in the slot. He's going to you're going to have to build plays around his athleticism and the fact that he's an electric guy. He's not going to go up and you know win at the catch point or be a big vertical guy. Um, he hasn't it's necessarily. One of the slightest... Slightest guys slightest in the guys. class, right? It's like yeah. one, 176 pounds or something. I mean, he's you tiny. Could, you could see that maybe coming into the NFL, he could start to get kind of antagonised by better DBs that were pressing up on him and really getting in his grill maybe. But I just think he's a wild card. And this was actually the Deshaun Jackson kind of guy that I was talking about. That If you develop him and just use his speed a little bit better and and he's just, just get him on the field and, and let him use his elusiveness... Um, Man, this is this could be an exciting kind of guy if he gets in the right place with the right offensive coordinator and slip him in with like you know uh, someone inventive. I, I think this would be uh, a super super exciting and interesting guy with the ball in his hands. Yeah, I mean he does seem to be the yardstick for what I've heard people talking about speed. They're kind of saying is he is he the KJ Hamler? You know, can he keep up with KJ Hamler? That's the kind of the conversation they're having and. And but then you, I've also seen that people saying he's got great ball skills as well. But as I say, I haven't gone too See, much into his tape. I think so. he's a little bit inconsistent at, at the catch point. To be honest, I don't think he's got that top level ball skills kind of you know like like a lot of these other guys we spoke about. Which is a shame because he's he's such a, a speedy guy. I mean, he, he could if, if he could be what he is plus a kind of a vertical threat, and, and he is a vertical threat obviously with the speed, but. In terms of if he was better and, and more productive on those vertical routes, and you saw that in college, you'd be a little bit more inclined to see him go high, but. So where does where does his production come from then? If it's not that I assumed he was it, a deep threat, it's no. It's a lot of it is coming from getting the ball in his hands. Produ- like I say, very similar to to Rager, but 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 to the nth degree, where it's getting the ball in his hands. It's screens. It's kind of running the ball out of the backfield. It, not running the ball, but sorry, but like kind of sort of shift passes, jet sweeps. So getting him into space. Getting him think. into space. Yeah, using him like that and be, being the guy that you can kind of say, listen, 
give him the ball and he's going to make a play and he's going to make one or two guys miss every play and and he's always a threat to go to go long but not necessarily from a deep ball but from you know running the length of the field and, and duking three guys so see those, those guys sometimes scare me a little bit i mean they've yeah, got to yeah, be yeah. in the right it's like paris campbell what happened to paris campbell he was that guy right yeah, last year yeah 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 no, just... it's a risky pick 100 percent, but uh just an exciting one i thought i think you'd be more comfortable in the third definitely um right. But I think he's got the talent where you could you could easily see him in two years and say, why was this guy not a first rounder? I, I can entirely I can entirely agree with you, Sai. You know, he is that speedy guy, twitchy, deceptive sort of guy, and I like that. He's, he's I main note I got written down is like a back flipping dog. He just <laughs> just sort of sudden bursts of speed out of nowhere. But what put me off him, and maybe this is recency bias, but his his height and his size, yeah. because we got one Ryan Switzer who was on the small side, <laughs> and look what happened to him. Ryan Switzer you know, is not. Um, I'm worried about. Him, I'm worried about him being bullied. Essentially, yeah, it could happen. Yeah. So it's I, I, as much as I'd love to say KJ for a payday because I think that's an absolutely awesome thing to Ooh. say. But well, there is another KJ in the draft class. Is there? KJ Hill, yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. But um, but no, it, his his size and his height put me off. Because I I just think he's got the potential to be to be bullied in the NFL. Yeah, he does. Yeah, no, no, it's totally fair, and he it well could be a guy that burns out straight away and immediately doesn't have the the competitive size to to win cons consistently. But um, yeah, I don't know. With that kind of shiftiness, man, you've got to think that someone's going to be able to draw up some plays for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's cool. So I think um, we've kind of we've 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 definitely nailed the top six, and then yeah. We've kind of scattered around that kind of next group. So some of the other names there that we're not going to talk about right now is Mims, you brought up before, yeah. uh, Gabriel Davis, uh, Tyler Johnson, Van Jefferson, yeah. um, Lynn Bowden. He's an interesting one. I don't, I don't want to get into talking about him, but he's, I mean, he, he, he played quarterback, yet he's a wide receiver, and but probably his best used as a running back. I mean, that's the, what a hybrid kind of modern... If you were just strictly running the wildcat offense, you'd want that guy. But anyway, let's not talk about him now. Um, <laughs> uh, what's that, Juwan Jennings? Yeah, so there's a few guys we can go into. Yeah. I don't know if you want to go into those, watch those guys and come back next week or do a different position group or, or what you want to do. Um, I don't know. We'll talk about it. Uh, we'll talk about it after. I, I don't know yet. I've not decided okay. what to do yet. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Right. Um, whether we, because we've got the we've got the combine coming up this week as well, so I kind of want to see. Um, how that fits into a few of these guys where we're looking a bit lower in the draft, but we'll um, we'll discuss it uh, and, and decide and let everyone know what we're going to do. Um, look on Twitter; I'll probably tweet about what we're going to do next week. Okay, um, I probably shouldn't should, mention this on yeah. on air, but I was wondering if if there's any traction. Maybe people should hit us up and tell us whether this is a good idea or not. If we did a live a live ish recording on on draft night of of the second round obviously first round's a bit of a no show for the Steelers but so that would be the Friday night if we did like a live thing so people could, could actually I don't know how we do it whether it would be through Facebook live or YouTube live or whatever um if we did a live show people could comment live and we could talk live while the draft is on I don't know would that be something yeah I'd be happy I, I kind of wanted to do that with the first and 10 guys for the first round I know we don't have a first round pit but just kind of as, as with every every team that's there but but yeah for the second round that could definitely be cool with just us three and, and maybe Rich if he wanted to join or not but yeah um, yeah. yeah I'd be up for that probably through Facebook I think probably the easiest way to do it because I know how to do it you just get a call with four people but yeah that could be a lot of fun yeah 
yeah, we'll look into that. Yeah, that's that's certainly. But obviously, we're not going to do it if no one's going to show up. So uh, let us know if yeah, you're going to show up. If you're interested, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we'll do it. Yeah. We're just talking to the void for an hour. Yeah, yeah. Well, just like usual then. Um, yeah, because so, one of my mates is a is it's quite a sort of semi-successful DJ in a in a in a sort of I don't know what you call the genre. It's a weird sort of offshoot of kind of break beaty kind of hard techno stuff, and and he does this like live radio show every weekend on Facebook. And sometimes I sometimes oh, I'll check out, see how Chris is getting on. I check in, and then I'm the only person watching, and it's like all right, Gav, it's like oh, that's a bit awkward now. I can't leave. So I wouldn't want that situation on anyone because I, you know, I don't want to feel like there's one like maybe Jason comes to check in and then he feels like committed to sitting there for three hours typing comments. <laughs> so I don't want that. Like, you know, we want some, some some good numbers of people coming. Otherwise, yeah, otherwise, I wouldn't put that yeah. on people. Listen, it's one of the things. We'll, I think it'd be have fun even if it was just us three chatting right about uh, the second round. So um, yeah, we'll look into it. But yeah, if you want to do that, hit, hit me up, hit us up. You know where we are. Uh, messages. Um, uh, and we'll certainly do that. I think for the benefit as well, Gab, just of um, uh, some of the guys listening, because I know sometimes you listen to a podcast, it's hard to keep up with exactly who's being talked about when. Should we just quickly run over the, our, our list of guys that we talked about today? Because I know a couple of people commented and said, you know, have you got a list out there and uh, any notes? Yeah. Or not? Just just very quickly yeah. for, for clarity's sake. Are we um, having like a podcast agreed list? or is this... Well, no. Well, this no, is what no, I was no. thinking because uh, I can't remember, was it someone said about uh, producing a, a tight end list? Do we Do we need to... Maybe off air, I don't know what on air, I don't know. But do we need to come up with a rank list or, or our top five guys? Or I mean, we, we're quite all over the place. Yeah, the I, don't, I don't know about that. Just, just to... because, yeah, I don't know that we're going to come to a consensus the same way that we can on some of the things that we've done. You know, like the the the, the, fate, the Hall of Fame uh, team and, and, sorry, the Decade team and, yeah. and all that. It's a bit harder with the draft because there might be a guy like me that I'm really not into that you, you love on tape. And yeah. It's hard to come to a consensus, but I just think for the benefit of clarity, it'd be good to just quickly go over the guys that we have in yeah. the top six and then the extra okay. guys that each so, yeah, we should we should say it here and then also maybe make a list it, for yeah. people so that they can come back because so, maybe people aren't such nerds like us. Yeah, so so the, so the top six guys I think we consensus had were, were CD Lamb, Jerry Judy. Um, so we should probably do the team. So Jerry Judy of Alabama, yep. CD Lamb of Oklahoma. Yep, uh, we right. had Henry Ruggs also of Alabama, of course. Uh, I got that right this time because I was looking at his name. <laughs> um, Laviska Chanel uh, of Colorado. Um, T Higgins of Clemson. T Higgins of Clemson. Uh, and then after that, we had—I think we all had Jalen Rager, right, at TCU. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think we all had uh, Justin Jefferson, right, at LSU. Yeah. Um, and then it's then that's when obviously we have a few different guys. So so I had KJ Hamler. Um, you had Brandon Ayuk, right? And I and my red star guy was Michael Pittman of USC. Yeah. Okay. And, so uh, Devin Duvernay as well was on the bottom of my list. Duvernay. He's your guy, Dave. You've got to own him. Yeah, you got to own that. It's your red star guy, right? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Right. Well, cool. Well, that, that's our that's our top round. Seems like you say we'll we'll jump into those um, later round guys and, and some maybe some sleepers as well uh, in, in a podcast coming to an ear near you soon. Um, but the, the last thing to wrap us up and, and, and make it quick, Dave, because I'm kind of I've drank two um, alcoholic beverages during this podcast. That I don't normally do, so now I'm dying for the toilet. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> we can we can skip this week if you like. If you want in the bathroom no, break, it, it, it's with a quick kebab corner. I can hold on for sort of four minutes. Well, <laughs> it's it's um, sort of food based again. Um, Lovely, because me and yourself have gone on a bit of a, a health kick, and um, 
I was I started craving junk food. I'm at that point after yeah. Christmas where I crave junk food again. So I was thinking, what are the top student meals? You know, those meals that you get, you spend about you spend about less Dave. than a pound to make. Dave, I said this so, was a four minute topic. You've just like opened like Medusa's <laughs> chest. This is like this is my thing, right? Um, it's been a while, Dave. It's been a while, but um, since when I was a student. I had I came up with a good tactic, which was my, I learned how to make chili, and I put put a ton of um, dried red chilies in it, so it became too spicy for anyone else but me. I mean, it was too spicy for me, but I, I kind of figured it was a kind of defense mechanism against anyone else stealing it from the fridge. So I just always had a big pot of really super spicy chili, and and, it, and it's it's paid me, paid me back dividends because now I can eat anything super spicy and it's no problem at all. Got a special no. enough. Yeah. Just on the way out is the problem, but anyway, let's oh, not go too much into that. Um, see, so, so, you no, know, see, it's, it's very simple, David. It's all about the oven food, right? It's all about the classic. Uh, and listen, you can get inventive with it, right? It's all about, crispy pancakes. It's all about the classic turkey dinosaurs, <laughs> potato waffles, the, like the kind of shit that I imagine like your your kids eat, Gav, or kid, I should say, <laughs> kids. <laughs> hey, my daughter's got a, uh, a very exotic world diet. Not actually. not a waffle and turkey dinosaur gal. No, no? maybe oh. at school. Shame, she, she usually goes to Jack and Potatoes at school. Uh, uh, she, she loves red hot chili, though. She's she's <laughs> learning. She's been indoctrinated. She's she's tried. She's tried it. Uh, maybe get a, maybe get if you want to go really fancy, maybe get a wrap and slap some uh, chips and cheese and chicken in there with some with some barbecue sauce. Um, there's just so many options, Dave. I I don't even know where to start. You you've gone real dirty low end. Oh, that's what uh, I'm talking about. Student man. meal, haven't you? That's yeah. that's proper grungy sort of student meals. That's, that's what I still eat to this day, my man. <laughs> <laughs> I guess since you rarely cook for yourself, it's just sort of yeah. open the oven, set it to one eighty, off we go. hundred yeah. percent. Let's just say you've got room to grow. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm growing into things that definitely aren't protein shakes. You're growing at yeah. that low floor point. We need to get to that high ceiling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're asking for the uh, yeah, that your uh, your lady in your life. She, she's hopefully going to make an impression on you to start maybe uh, expanding your horizons a little. It's going to be a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, Dave, I'm going to leave it there because uh, there's things that need to be done, and I'm not just talking about uploading the podcast. Um, are you are you skirting the topic of food again? <laughs> yes, I am desperately. Yeah, we we cannot get into this. We've got to stop with the food topics, Dave. Uh, even though it's called kebab, kebab corner. corner yeah 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 um awesome well it's been a pleasure um talking receivers thank you for sticking with us for these uh first 25 episodes what's that like oh we're more than halfway towards a year now are we? no we're not are we no we're not next next time we'll be halfway towards a year right yeah 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 i don't do math that, that's not it's my like strong 70 suit. hours of talking oh my god well yeah. 70 hours of listening for some poor people well, shout out to everyone that listens and especially if you've been here from the start appreciate yeah. it yeah um, go, go subscribe to YouTube if you haven't already, please. Um, yeah. Follow me. Had a couple of subscribers this week. Thanks for that, those guys. You know who you are. Um, let's have some more. So if you don't be shy. Good stuff. Yeah, I, I, I've got friends visiting this weekend. I'll make everyone log on and watch them subscribe. Um, yeah. yeah, follow me at Cy wrote this. Follow um, Dave at this is Dave Hart on Twitter. Um, follow Rich, even though he's an absentee, at Stunt Batman on Instagram. And follow the podcast at UK Steelers Pod. Don't follow Gav. Uh, or he anyway. will send his boys after you, uh, and I know well, he knows. I a have cu- boys. Well, you know, I know he knows a couple of particularly aggressive old men that rap in London. So, um, <laughs> yeah, you don't want to get on his bad side. <laughs> awesome. This Th- is true. Thanks for joining us, uh, and we'll see you next week. See you later. See you later. Bye. Bye. <laughs>